Welcome to the Firearms Trainers Podcast, part of the ConcealedTheory.com network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Today, we'll be talking about adjusting your training to present conditions. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at PigLube. PigLube brings you the best performance by combining high-grade synthetic oil with nanoparticle technology. This fills in the microscopic gaps in the metal of your firearm, like ball bearings without losing performance at sustained high temperatures. I have been using PigLube for years. And if you purchase the synthetic bacon scented pig lube, you get that great smell of bacon frying while letting freedom ring at the range. Learn more about pig lube and the technology behind it. Go to piglube.net and use coupon code FTP20 for 20% off at checkout. Today, we are joined by Roger Brooking from Self-Defense Shooting Academy. Welcome, Roger. How are things going for you today? Good. Thanks for having me on your show. Great. We're really excited to hear what you've uh, been doing there in uh, New Jersey and everything. But before we get into that, can you give our listeners a little bit of a background of who Roger Brooking is and what you do at the Self-Defense Shooting Academy? Sure. So uh, I'm originally from South Africa. Um, I worked as a security contractor for many years there. Um, left South Africa to go work, work abroad in the UK for a while. Um, and then ended up in the States just over 10 years ago. Um, I started the Self-Defense Shooting Academy as a school that would focus on first-time gun owners. Uh, my, my goal is to teach people who are new to firearms um, how to become safe and responsible gun owners uh, while at the same time being able to defend themselves if, God forbid, the need ever arises. Um, what what we've been focused on for the last few months is how to get in front of new gun owners in a world where people are afraid of being in person with each other due to the COVID uh, pandemic, as well as... Um, how to engage with students in a world where ammo is frightfully expensive and very difficult to come by. So that's, um, that's, that's what we've been focused on. Well, that's really great. And I think this brings, I think a very unique perspective to our uh, audience because we've all been dealing with the pandemic, social distancing, all the requirements that vary from county to county, state to state. And then on top of that, we've got the ammo shortage, which, uh, I mean, that's, that's face it. A lot of times when you start talking about buying ammo, the ammo can actually cost more than guns sometimes. Um, and that's just uh, crazy for those people that have been in the industry for a while. But one thing to keep in mind is that we've got over 5 million first time gun owners, uh, estimated by the national shooting sports foundation. And you're doing something that's really, really neat and getting out in front of those uh, first-time gun owners. Can you go along and, and describe to the other instructors out there about what drove you and how you're addressing uh, that getting in front of those first-time gun owners 
who, you know, yeah. who don't want to be in personal contact with you or, uh, or, you know, have, you know, need to have some education, but can't necessarily get to the same location you are. Yeah. So, um, what, what, uh, what we've been doing is having virtual lessons over zoom. Um, and it's been a fantastic way. It, it comes with a number of benefits. The first is that you can, you can, you can break up the, you know, the new gun owner journey is, is, is comprised of a number of steps. And, and some of those steps start before they even have the gun. And then they continue straight after they've purchased, right? So one of our most popular um, sessions is actually what gun should I get? And this way we're able to get in front of new gun owners before they even walk into the gun shop. And, you know, these days it's not necessarily walk into the gun shop and just pick up a gun and walk out. It's whatever's available, et cetera. But mm -hmm. a lot of times people would, you know, maybe they'll do a little bit of research online, maybe have an idea in their head and then, but then walk into the gun shop and ask whoever it was behind the counter, you know, what should I get? And um, it, I, I think it, it led to people walking out of there, maybe not as confident with, with the, the, the firearm that they just bought that, that they would be if they walked in knowing exactly what it is that they should be looking for. Yeah. I mean, let's uh, admit it. You know, when you start talking about striker fired, hammer fired, single action, double action, you know, double action, single action. Um, you, you've, you've got all kinds of decockers and different things like that. It can be very, um, overwhelming for somebody who doesn't have some kind of background of either in the family, law enforcement, or military to really understand what's, what's right for them. Yeah. I saw once um, I, was at, I was at a gun shop picking up something and um, a young woman walked in and she, she said, you know, she just got her permits and she's looking to pick something up. What should she get? And she, she got sold one of those big Beretta, um, so was it the M? The, the 92, M92? M92, yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it was so big in her hand with all the different like safety actions on it. And I just thought to myself like, you sold her that because it had been sitting in your in, in your inventory for too long and you needed to move it. That's why you sold it. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 I, and at the time, I remember thinking to myself like, I wish I could jump in here and like do something. Um, and and then you know look I, I you know and I, and I speak to a lot, lots of fan, friends and family who had buyers regret, and actually made them less confident of what that with what they'd gone out and bought. So anyway, you know I, I think that the what 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 I've been looking to do really is just to get in front of as many people as I can. There's been such a surge in first time gun ownership across the country, um, and. You know, rather, and, and also, you know, there's a lot of like bad stuff on YouTube and everywhere else, like just really bad advice. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, sitting with someone, even though not necessarily in person, you can have that conversation. And then once they've actually picked up the gun, teaching them safety and instilling, you know, <clears throat> some of the fundamentals, helping them come up with a plan. Or again, they can do that in bite-sized chunks without, you know, usually how, how it would go 
is and I and 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 I'm not saying that this is better than in-person training because it's not. It's just not. All right. But how it usually goes is let's just say you go to an indoor range, which is unfortunately in New Jersey, like one of the one of the only things that we have. So you go to a classroom, you have what say an hour and a half or two hours of like lectures, right? And then you're and then you go into this like crowded, noisy, really intense environment. And maybe you're doing it in a class with 10 people and the instructor and the RSO is like, I, I don't know. It, it's just they're, 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 the information in that two hours is so important. If you, you know, and, and so what I've been doing is breaking it, breaking it up to like 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Here's what you need to know. And then by the time we get to the range, for those people that want to do that, they actually have some foundation, right, mm -hmm. to work off so that, you know, 100 rounds that's costing them <laughs> a grotesque amount of money, right, that 100 rounds is actually, like, you can go through what, what you've drilled with them, even though it hasn't necessarily been in person. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. I mean, let's put it this way. We've all seen, heard when new students go along and they put the cartridges in a magazine backwards or the magazine is a clip. Those, those types of faux pas. If you've got the chance to go along and walk them through it and actually explain to them, you know, this is the magazine, you know, it's not a clip, you know, the, the cartridges go in this way, you know, and the bullets point out this way. So they've got some reference point. It makes a, it, may, it makes a gun range experience, you know, quite a bit more fun because what happens when they load up 15 rounds of, uh, and the cartridges are in the wrong way. They got to unload 15 and they got to put them, put them back in the right way. And they're sitting right. the whole time. It's like, oh, wow, I'm really stupid versus getting in there. Instead of worrying about which way the cartridges go, they know which way and they can focus more on those fundamentals of, you know, side alignment, you know, grip and, uh, you know, pressing the trigger smoothly. Yeah. And there's also, I, I think what's happened with ammo being, and, and I say this coming from, South Africa, where ammo has always been expensive and very difficult to get hold of. And one thing we did a lot of there was 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 dry work, you know, was mm -hmm. dry fire practice. Every week, every week we went to the range once a month, but every week we did dry fire practice, scenario-based training, that type of thing. And then, you know, when I came here, I, I would tell people how important it was, but I never did it because <laughs> it was just too easy to go to the range, right? Mm -hmm. so, so now... You know, I think we're being forced back into that. And it's a great, it is great training. Like, you know, you, you can put in 45 minutes of, of, of dry work practice and really just work on your stance, your grip. It makes go to the range a lot more meaningful than trying to pick that stuff up when you're already kind of in an intense and for the first, you know, for the first time going to like a pressure situation. It is a pressure situation for them, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's a uh, really good. And I, I didn't realize how valuable dry fire practice was until you start talking to some of the best shooters in the industry. And, you know, when they go along and they start talking about that, they dry fire, you know, for 30 minutes a day, you know, before they go to the range and, and even if they don't go to the range, they're still doing 30 minutes. You start realizing that the best shooters go along and they see the value in dry fire, uh, exercises, even, even when they've got unlimited ammo, even when they can go along to the range and do everything all, all the time, because they realize that that bang doesn't allow them to focus 
all their energy on the different finer points. And, you know, what does a, a Olympic athlete or a superstar do better than the basic shooter? And they master the, uh, the basics and they can do them better than the beginning pistol shooters. And that's where if, if you go through and make sure every little step, every little part of the grip is right. And you do the, do that properly, you know, a hundred times in 30 minutes, guess what? That's probably worth, you know, 500 times on, on the uh, range with live ammunition. And it's totally. a lot cheaper in today's uh, world. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What, what kind of courses are you all doing, um, on your, uh, distant learning? So we start off with the, you know, what type of gun should I get? Um, and then it goes into, you know, safety fundamentals. And in that lesson, we'll go over the four basic rules of safety, how to, how to make a firearm safe. Mm -hmm. Um, there's certain safety things that I do, like there's no ammunition in the room, right? And they have to show me, right? Um, when they sit down and, and they're making that, that firearm safe, um, we uphold like the same. In, in fact, it's, part, it, it's, it's, you know, very well defined exactly what needs to take place to make sure that they're able to do that. Um, and then... And then after that is, you know, we do a session where you're um, you're going to learn the fundamentals of how to shoot. You know, um, the style that I that that I, I use is I, I trained in Israel quite a bit while I was living in South Africa, so it's the Israeli point shoot um, method where you're standing in that like isosceles stance and you're um, everything kind of happens along the center line. Mm -hmm. um, so do that, and um, and then we, we have a session after that. I'm I'm uh, a, I'm I'm a registered instructor with the USCCA, so we do the putting together a home defense plan, and then there's the longer you know um, USCCA uh, fundamentals course that that, that we do. Okay. okay. And, Sorry. And, and those are like broken down. It's really like bite size 30. The longest one is 60 minutes, right? Except for the USCCA. And right? if somebody wants to do like, you know, the full three hour kick, then we can do that. But mm -hmm. for the most part, it, it works in the smaller bite size chunks. Now, does your course uh, lead them to be able to apply for their concealed carry permit? This one does not. And okay. I, I need to start doing that. You know, there's no concealed carry in New Jersey. People still like to do the Utah, the out-of-state Utah, and then those that are either moving to Florida or just vacationing in Florida are able to get an out-of-state permit for there as well, um, which I'm qualified to teach for, but I, I, I haven't really been spending much time in it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you've got you've got a variety of courses that you've taken and adapted into, it sounds like, bite-sized chunks for, you know, using Zoom, you know, from anywhere than 30 minutes to an hour, uh, unless they do the, you know, USCCA uh, home defense fundamentals and the students get, get that good basis. How, how long do you, do you spend when you take them to the range, uh, shooting and, and doing such? Um, so that usually goes for about an hour and a half. Um, we have a, we have a terrible shortage of outdoor ranges here and I, I'm on the look and if anybody Anybody knows of any in New Jersey? I'm, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love for them to hit me up afterwards. Um, but yeah, you know, with the indoor ranges, you're going to rent a lane for an hour. You're probably going to get there a little early to like sign in, 
and do all of that. But it's an hour of range time, really, where we'll do some point and shoot and, you know, get them on paper and, you know, make sure that everything fundamentals wise is, is, is good. Yep. They're feeling good about it. Are there uh, restrictions within New Jersey about who, uh, uh, who do they need a firearm identification card in order to, uh, shoot no. or to buy, die, buy a pistol? Okay. Oh, to buy a pistol. Yes. Okay. So to buy a pistol, you need, you actually need a permit. So you need a, fi- a firearm ID card and a permit, but to go to a range, anyone can go to a range. And I'm, uh, wor- a f- fortunate here in Ohio, we don't need that. So it's kind of, you know, completely foreign to me. I walk into a gun store and if I find a gun that, uh, I like, I can, uh, felt a 4473 and, uh, buy it and walk out with it that day. It's, uh, no more than that. Going along, getting permission or having a license and doing different things is, uh, you know, completely foreign, you know, same thing when it comes to ammunition, I, you know, I see a good deal online. I can buy it. I don't have to worry about shipping it to an FFL or going along and having, uh, you know, another ID to, to demonstrate, uh, you know, that I can purchase it. Yeah. Living in a state that actually recognizes your second amendment is a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, they, you know, it, I, I've, I've, spoken to people that have waited seven months to receive a permit permission by a firearm in the states it's disgusting yep well we've uh we've done some uh, podcasts in the past about getting your concealed carry permit in new york city and the challenges and what you have to do to to do that or in california and you know you're i feel very fortunate the state that i live in um, yeah. Yes, I'd like some things differently, but at the same time, it's uh, we're a lot further uh, freer than other places within the country. So, absolutely. Uh, the time being, I'll stay in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, do that. <laughs> not not looking to move to the uh, East Coast anytime soon. Not. Although at the same time, there's plenty of uh, citizens that are in the East Coast that you know deserve uh, you know be trained, deserve to have that those uh, skills to be able to go along and defend themselves because unfortunately criminals know no boundaries and you know they go from uh, from city to city states to state even countries to countries to uh, go along and victimize people and we've seen that even in the in the middle of the covid crisis how people's uh, houses are burglarized that they know that are in hospitals or people are burglarized because they know that you know that nobody's going to be coming real quickly because they've got to mask up those those types of issues and uh it's unfortunate, but uh, crime is as old as uh, humanity is, and I'm sure it'll continue on no matter what happens because uh, people always have, uh, you know, crim- criminals always have a uh, idea that they can get something, uh, you know, quick and easy, and that's that's what they do, and they don't think about the harm that they're inflicting to you know somebody or you know, the other pr- the problems that they're creating for the other person they're that they're uh, uh, victimizing, and that's. Uh, really shocking and sad when you see the uh citizen the senior citizens that they victimize or the uh handicap uh, people they victimize or you know even the young families you know they rob their houses to get get some money and that was all the money they had for food that month you know sad stories you see in the news all the time along those lines it's 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 terrible and uh, you know if you look at the spike in crime that's taken place um you know in, in places like new york city where, you know, if, if you, you just, you're just not allowed to defend yourself. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's absolutely upside down. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's a very, very sad state of affairs. But 
the you know, so long as the 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 elites get to keep their guns and security, I guess you know. Uh, I've always said uh, gun gun laws would be a lot differently if it said that everyone had to do this. And I'm talking everyone from the, you know, the police, since they're citizen police, um, to the politicians, to the bodyguards and everybody else like that. And it would be a lot different, you know, with the gun controls along those lines, because mm-hmm. then, uh, then the politicians wouldn't necessarily be, uh, thinking that, you know, having, you know, 10 round magazines is, you know, smart because nobody needs more than 10 rounds. So what right. about their, uh, security detail, what they've got and, you know, those types of things. There's, there's reasons why people do that because every round of ammunition you carry is more weight that you've got to carry. It make, slows you down and do things like that. But same time, people that are in those kind of positions weigh the, I got the weight that's going to slow me down. But on the other hand, if I get into this kind of situation, I want to have as many rounds as I can to defend Absolutely. myself. And that would be no different than if somebody was attacking my family and I was, you know, having to defend myself or my family, I would want every round I could, even if it was oh. a little bit heavier. And, you know, the, you know, same, same uh, rationale goes both ways, but that's the one thing when it comes to, um, you know, gun laws and such, they don't think about, you know, making them equal across all the citizens. They, they tend to carve uh, little, little pieces out for themselves. The people, the people that are shouting for these laws and the people that are writing these laws are people that have never been in any situation before. Because once you get, you know, once things happen and once things start going down, you need, any, anybody who's ever been in any situation knows you need as many, as many rounds as you can mm-hmm. get. It's, it's just, it's, it's a very, it's a very sad state that that that, that we find ourselves in. Yeah, even when you go along looking to the low income parts of cities, you know, there are a lot of times a lot more crime there but there's more good people there than there are criminals. And when they go along and pass those laws, they make ammunition out of people's, you know, too costly for them. They make the guns the same way. And you still have families, you know, single parents, you know, uh, young people that live in those areas that have a you know right to self-defense. Yeah. And if you make it impossible for them to be able to get the tools to defend themselves and you're basically, um, you know, sentencing them to, you know, survive, you know, survival, the fitness, uh, fittest in their, uh, you know, in their areas. And that's just kind of unfortunate. Everybody should have a right to be the ability to defend themselves and make their own decisions. Absolutely. Well, Hey, uh, Roger, we got a question for our, uh, all our guests this year. What instructor or book would you recommend to other instructors that they should go and check out? So that's an easy one. Uh, Decoding Firearms by John Petrolino. Um, John is my man who um, actually met on uh, my USCCA instructor's course. Um, he is a lion for the Second Amendment. Um and I think he frames um, the argument for the need for a Second Amendment better than anyone I've ever um, spoken to before. Uh, and he has a fantastic um, uh, book that I recommend to all my first-time gun owner students called Decoding Firearms. And it's a, it's like a intro to firearm ownership that everybody tells me just how useful it is. So. Good. I'm looking at it right now. And that was episode 96. I had John on. So if somebody's, uh, yes, wanting to look did. into and, um, <laughs> uh, 
and uh, hear a little bit about John's book before you buy it, um, pull up episode 96 and uh, you can listen to John talk about it. And uh, with everything that we talked about, the only thing I found missing in John's book was information about muzzleloaders. And the good thing about it is <laughs> there probably are not many people in the United States anymore that carry muzzle loaders around, uh, you know, for self-protection. So pretty sure that if you just get decoding firearms, the book, uh, it'll probably cover, uh, pretty much anything you're going to be doing from a, uh, concealed carry self-defense standpoint. And yeah. if you're going to go along and carry a muzzle loader, well, you're probably going to have to look at, look for a little different book because that's a, that's a whole different, uh, type of firearm to be, to be working with. <laughs> Fun to shoot, but different firearm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Roger, where can people find more information about you or reach out to you if they're interested in, uh, you know, chatting and, and get more information about what you're doing and dealing with the current situation and uh, doing the distant learning with your students? Yeah. So uh, you can go to my website, which is sdsacademy.com, sdsacademy.com. Um, the SDS stands for Self-Defense Shooting Academy. Um, and yeah, drop me a note, just fill out one of the contact forms and um, I'd love to hear from you all. And, uh, you know, let me know, let, let me know what you think. And if there's any way I can help any of your listeners and please let me know. And uh, obviously if you have any first time gun owners that, that are in your family or any of your friends and, and you'd love to hook us up, then please do so. But I think it is incredibly urgent that someone is teaching all of these brand new gun owners that cross the entire political spectrum. I've spoken to a lot of people that, you know, definitely <laughs> voted away their second amendment <laughs> with, the with the current election. Somehow, you know, we're saying they bought guns because they, they, they got themselves a firearm because they were worried the, <laughs> the government's going to, take them away <laughs> anyway without like pointing out the irony um it is an amazing moment in time where i think a lot of people whether they're conscious of it or not have crossed over and are buying means of protecting themselves because they don't trust the government to to do so and i think it is it is on all of us as gun owners and instructors to help those people that are new to this and get them the training that they need, whether it's whether it's with me or whether it's if, if you're an instructor out there, you know, this should be our mission to make sure that all of these new gun owners are safe and responsible with their weapons. Um, because this is a this is a an amazing moment in time where we have, you know, one of the best arguments against gun control is putting a firearm into the hand of the person that you're arguing, taking them to the range and putting a firearm in their hand and actually getting the, and removing the scariness factor from it and, and letting them feel the empowerment and the, and the control that comes with owning a firearm. Mm -hmm. And so this is that moment in time where there's a massive influx of new people into the space and we need to welcome them with open arms and get them trained and confident and safe and responsible and uh you know make sure that 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 they're making good decisions with with their 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 new firearms yeah this will be old news by the time this uh podcast 
published but uh, just last weekend that the gun show down in Louisiana had a shooting at it and it could have turned into a very big uh, shooting but ended up being stopped by uh, two armed citizens um, right after he started shooting and immediately after he started shooting uh, there were good guys uh, good gals as I understand too uh, returning fire which stopped the what could potentially have been another mass uh, murder situation into being just a uh, you know a small uh, shooting situation and the uh, bad guy uh, didn't make it through it either and that's a really good thing made national news but at the same time and i know uh roger and i were talking about before as instructors we want to make sure our students are being responsible gun owners because let's face it we're one instant in a way uh, from potential losing rights if one yeah. if a concealed carry holder does something grievously wrong bad you know that hits national news we all know how it's going to be uh, whipped up and different things like that and it wouldn't take too much for uh, states or even the federal government to go along and say that we're going to go along now and uh, you know not allow people to do this or not you know in order to do this we you they must apply for and be approved uh, before they can purchase a- anymore whatever whatever those situations are and as uh, firearm instructors we are definitely on the front line they'll take the new gun owners and educate them and also to take the take the experienced gun owners and make sure they understand what it means in 2021 to be a responsible gun owner and not just um you know somebody who's got a gun on my hip and i just you know shoot the first guy that goes along and pisses me off you know again we're one yeah. we're one national uh, tragedy away from losing our rights if we don't go along and and uh, talk about responsible gun ownership all the time absolutely yeah. absolutely well, Roger, really appreciate your time today. Um, great information uh, for us because I think as instructors are looking to diversify, as instructors are trying to figure out, okay, what's the new norm going to look like, you know, post-pandemic, uh, distant learning might be something that everybody's got to have in their back pocket to be able to pull out for those special occasions when, um, you know, it makes sense to do that. So really yeah. appreciate your information today. Rob, thank you very much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. We have a few requests for our loyal listeners. Uh, First, check out our website and search our over 100 episodes on keywords and topics. If you want to go along, find John Petrolino. Um, You can go along and find him by putting his name in on the search bar on the uh, website. If you want to go along and find things out about training, social media, all those different topics, they're out there and you can search by those keywords or you can search in your podcast app. We also want you to share this episode on your social media, whatever you're using. Like and rate our podcast on iTunes, Google Play. We all know those are the main platforms for rating, and we want to make sure we get our podcast out to as many people as possible. If you have any ideas for new episodes, suggestions, or guests to have on, feedback, please email us at ftp at concealedcarry.com. Now, the great thing is uh, people like Michael, Ariel, and Chris have all emailed me in the last week uh, their ideas, and I'm looking to see how to go along bringing those on the show sometime this year still. So we do get the emails, we do respond to them, and uh, we greatly appreciate your ideas for them. Also, visit our sponsors, especially the Firearm Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage both for you and for your students. Remember, use promo code FTP10 for 10% off a checkout. And remember, we bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe out there, everyone.
Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.